what we went over the last time that we were together, I began to talk about um, the manifestation gifts. And we determined that when we look at the manifestation gifts, it's where something is revealed, it's where something is uncovered. So we're coming out of 1 Corinthians, the 12th chapter. And in 1 Corinthians, the 12th chapter, we went over um, verses 1 through verse 3, and it was talking about, um, Paul was talking to the church, and he was telling them he didn't want them to be ignorant of spiritual gifts. And ignorant means not knowing. When we don't know about the spiritual gifts, we cannot um, do what God has called us to do in the way that he will have us to do it because we will feel like we're doing it ourselves instead of allowing um, the gifts of the spirit to be in operation in our lives. We know that these gifts only operate according to as the spirit wills. It's not up to us to try to turn them on or turn them off. And that's why we have to be aware of what we have so when we're in situations in our lives and the gifts begin to operate in our lives we won't have to be unaware of it because i'm making it known on tonight it is always good to know what you have because when you know what you have you can um, begin to operate in it um the way that god will have us to operate in it and not operating outside of the way he would have us to operate. So he was talking to the Gentiles and he began to tell them that he did not want them ignorant no more. He wanted them to know because they were operating out of ignorance. So Paul was coming into the church to bring them knowledge concerning these spiritual gifts. And these Gentiles, he said they were once um, drawn away through idols. And we know idol is anything that you worship outside of God. So Paul was bringing this into the church to let them know you're no longer Gentiles, you are believers. So we're going to start from there, and I'm going to go down here to verse 7. It says, for the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. So what you got to understand, when God has given all of us in, in this room a gift, and if you have accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior and you're born again, that means that you asked him to come into your heart. you recognizing that you can't do things by yourself. You need his help to do it. And you're receiving what Jesus have already done. Remember, we didn't have to earn it. The only thing we have to do is accept what Jesus done, his death, his burial, and his resurrection. That's what help us to know that it's not us who's doing this, but it's him who's already done it. And once we accept that, we accept in what he's done, we're born again. After you are born again, in order to be an effectual witness for Jesus, that means that everywhere that you go, you're witnessing things concerning him. And when you witness things concerning him, there should be signs, there should be demonstrations, there should be wonders that's following what you are saying pertaining to him, pertaining to the kingdom. This is why you need the baptism of the Holy Ghost. This is why you need to be filled. The first experience that you had, being born again, you have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. 
the indwelling of the Holy Spirit is identifying you now as a child of the king. You identified as being a part of the kingdom of God. You're no longer a part of the kingdom of darkness. You've been translated from um, the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. So now you have identity. It is no longer you who live, but it's Christ who live in you. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So that's the indwelling part. With the indwelling, you have the fruit of the Spirit. And those fruit, there are nine fruit of the Spirit, according to Galatians, um, the fifth chapter. And these fruit will come forth, and people will know that you are born again. You are known by your fruit, which is what? The love, the peace, the joy, the meekness, what? The faith, the long-suffering. All of that will begin to show itself forth in your life based upon you getting into the word of God, knowing who you are. You will begin to show God's love. You will not begin to try to do something to obtain what you have already gotten through Jesus Christ. So that's the indwelling part. But now in order for you to be a a witness of the things that Jesus done when he was here on earth and walked the earth, dealing with healing, dealing with deliverance, you know, you saw him casting out spirits. He began to speak into people's lives, um, things that nobody knew but that person. Those were those gifts manifesting themselves through Jesus' life. So if Jesus needed to be filled with the baptism, we need to be filled with the baptism. Some people say, I don't need no more of the Holy Ghost. Well, if you don't get all that's being offered to you, you cannot be an effectual witness for him. So that's what we're talking about, these nine gifts of the Spirit um, that you receive once you say, Father, I accept the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Now, we determine this. Sometimes we'll say, I accept the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues. People add that in. The reason why they add that in, because people look at people that are saved to determine whether or not they have the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Remember, once you get born again, the Holy Spirit, he does indwell you. But the evidence that people look for to see if you feel with the power that comes upon you for these signs, these miracles, and these things that will begin to manifest as the spirit wills, they look for someone to speak in tongues. And then they'll say, oh, okay, you have the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Yes, that could be evidence there, speaking in tongues. But if a person does not speak in tongues, that does not mean that they do not have the baptism of the Holy Ghost. So everybody you meet, you're going to know whether or not they have it because as the Spirit wills and operates in their lives, you're going to know that what they're saying to you, nobody knew that but the Spirit of God, and the Holy Spirit is going to back that up through the Word of God. Anything that God does is backed up through His Word. So the first um, three that we talked about was diverse kinds of tongues. They call that um, different kinds of tongues or diverse kind of tongues. And then there's the interpretation of tongues. And then there's prophecy. These are the um, gifts that speak forth. These are the ones that begin to um, speak. So when we look at diverse kinds of tongues, it's speaking in different languages, in a different tongue, not known unto the one speaking, but known unto the hearer. 
So when somebody's speaking diver tongues and they're speaking in different kind of tongues, you may have that gift and you began to, and I explained it this way, let's say a foreigner come in for service one Sunday and all of a sudden um, I'm doing a message. And as I'm doing the message, all of a sudden the Holy Spirit is giving me an unction right there in the middle of the service to begin to speak in the language of that foreigner that showed up for church. Because God have a message for that foreigner. You wouldn't know what was being said, but the one that I'm speaking to would. So I'm speaking his language. And all of a sudden, he said, I I need to say something. See, God ain't going to leave everybody in the room ignorant. He ain't going to do things out of order. He began to um, bring forth what I'm saying. Even though I don't know what I'm saying in his foreign language, he began to say, I hear the message that God has given me through her. And he began to deliver that message. That's what you call different kinds of tongues. Um, It's proven in the book of Acts, the second chapter, when God told them to uh, wait, go up into the upper room until the day of Pentecost, which was in Jerusalem. And he said that they needed to wait there to be endued with power from on high. They were there waiting, being obedient to be endued. When you say endued, that means that you're going to be clothed. That means the power of God is going to come upon you in order for you to do a work that God would have for you to do. And God is going to manifest himself through whatever gift that God is bringing forth. It's going to reveal. So as they began to come on one accord in Acts, the second chapter, we see that all of them got tongues that come upon them, clothing tongues as a fire set upon them. And as that fire set upon them, they began to speak in these different languages. Now, they were Galatians. So their language was different from the languages that they were speaking in. And the people that was there on the day of Pentecost They knew, okay, there is something going on here that's out of the norm. And they were speaking in their different languages, but they were giving them a message. They were speaking about the wonderful works of God, but they thought they were drunk. But we know what happened. Peter and the rest of them were speaking in their different language. Every language that was in that room, those apostles, those disciples that were there, they began to speak the wonderful works of God in their language. So that's why that was done in diverse tongues in the different languages because you had different nations in that room that needed to receive the word from God. So y'all know what Peter did. God always bring clarification. Peter began to let them know we're not drunk. This was already spoken of by the prophet Joel. So he began to bring the word. Do you see how God, when he does something, he backs it up with his word. Nothing is going to be done outside of the word of God. So that's how diverse tongues are. You begin to speak in different languages. And if you're doing that, it's going to be people in the room that um, know the different language that you're speaking in, even though you might not know it, they know it. So that's why that's called diverse tongues. Remember I said that also in the word of God, um, in Acts chapter 2, the same chapter when Peter began to explain to them what was going on, and he began to talk about Jesus, his death, his burial, his resurrection. And I want to encourage everybody in this room, 
all of us, everywhere we need to go, everywhere we go, we need to make Jesus known. We need to let people know what Jesus done for us. I think sometimes we tend to forget because our minds be on our troubles, our mind be on what we're going through, but we're in a lost world. And this world that we're in is lost, and they don't even know that they're lost. So if we don't begin to um, preach, proclaim Jesus unto them, proclaim the kingdom, they're going to remain lost. And as we proclaim in the kingdom, I'm going to tell y'all what's so awesome. When you proclaim in the kingdom of God, signs and wonders, it's going to follow. The, the gifts of the Spirit is going to begin to manifest Right while you talking about Jesus, then he's going to manifest himself right in the midst of you talking about him. Why? As you notice in Acts, the second chapter, as Peter and them began to manifest, um, the Holy Spirit began to manifest through them, through those diverse tongues. Look what happened. He began to show them through diverse tongues that he was in the midst of them, that God was right there in the midst of them. So look what God does. After their hearts were turned towards him, Peter began to minister the word. So sometimes God will have you doing things to get people's hearts to turn towards him first so you can go in with the word of God, letting them know that he is in the midst of us. Because it's not like they didn't know what the prophet Joel said. They were um, coming from different nations. They were Jews, so they knew what the word was saying. And guess what? God was opening up the word through signs, through wonders. What was one of them? Speaking in tongues, diverse kind of tongues. So anytime you minister to someone, don't be trying to, you know, look at someone and say, oh, I'm going to hit them up. I'm going to get them a word. I'm going to prophesy. See you all up in it. See, when the Holy Spirit is in um, what you're doing, you may have an unction. You may hear the Lord say, just go up to that person and let them know God love you. End the conversation. And as you do that first part and the person began to respond, then the Holy Spirit at that time, he may manifest a word of knowledge through you. Something that you wasn't even aware of either, but by faith and by that prompting that you had, you began to speak into that person's life. So you have to be directed by the Holy Spirit. Don't go out and think that you all this and all of that in a bag of chips just because somebody else done it. I'm going to do it today too. Just because I hear apostle talking about it, I'm going to go do it too. One thing that I have learned, if you're in the word, the word is going to be in you. It's according to how much time you spend in the word, that's what's going to come out of you when you begin to open your mouth. And one thing that I have learned too, y'all, Sometimes we can't over-medicate people with the word to let them know we know the word. Sometimes God will send you with just one word, and that's the end of it. You don't need to say nothing else because sometimes you will get lost and you will begin to talk all over what the Holy Spirit wants you to do, and you think you've done something, and the people are waiting on you to leave them alone. So that's why you have to know when the spirit of the Lord is speaking because you cannot go past him. I'll say this. Um, we went to um, Casey's Sunday and, oh, y'all, I tell you, it was hot up in there. Anyway, we went to Casey's Sunday and we're standing in line and we're waiting. And you know, when you're hot and you're hungry, you just want to get somewhere you want to sit down. So a lady was right behind me. She was a nice um, elderly lady and she looked at me. She said, hey. How you doing? And in my mind, I'm like, um, hey, how you doing? And in my mind, I'm like, who this? 
You know how you do. You being nice. You being polite. And I'm like, hey, I'm doing good. Who are you? But anyway, I didn't say that to her. So she just kept on talking. And we talking about the food and everything. And then she looked back at me. She said, I watch you every Sunday morning. <laughs> I said, okay. I said, praise God. So we just fixing the food. And all of a sudden, I felt an unction. I said, okay. So I looked back at her and I was telling her what the Lord said. And before I can fit, she just cut me right on off. I said, okay, okay, praise Jesus. And then before I can finish the scripture, she finished quoting the scripture. So I said, okay, I done done my part. I done gave her what God wanted me to give. And then God was giving us some more. And then she started talking, God is just good. Ain't he just good? I said, yes, he is. He's just good. (laughs) So what I'm saying is I didn't go there to look for anybody. But as you standing by people and the Holy Spirit is moving, you have to know the unction when he's moving and get over how hot it is, how hungry you are, and just begin to open your mouth and he'll feel it. That's just how simple it is. I'm going to tell you something. God is always at work. I don't care if you're in the toilet. God is always at work. Is he not? He is. He's always at work. No matter where you are, you can walk in a restroom. I'm just giving you examples as the spirit is leading me. We had that conference up there in um, uh, Cary with Apostle. And it was so funny because I'm going in the restroom trying to get ready to come out. And I'm, I'm going in there. Okay. There go another lady. So I'm ministering to this lady as I'm going into the restroom. And the thing was, I wasn't paying her no attention. She wasn't paying me no attention. I just ministered to her, gave her the word, and that was the end of it. The lady got up there, and she said, God, know what you need. He just know what you need. He'll meet you right where you are. And I'm like, "Mm mm-hmm. That was the end of it. I didn't try to get up there and say, yes, he will. I met her in the bathroom. That had nothing to do with me. It was all about him. Then it was another occurrence when we was up there in Curry, and I tried to fix my hair because I was waiting on my beautician to come. So I said, I'll handle my hair myself. Don't you rush. Me handling my hair myself, thank God for my daughter, I put on my little bun on the back of my head. My daughter's standing behind me. She said, Mama, you got some little things, your bun about to fall off. I said, oh, Jesus, bun about to fall off. So then they're trying to fix my bun, and all of a sudden, here come the unction. Women standing over here, and I stopped and began to minister to these ladies outside of what was going on. And guess what? Did not know the ladies were a part of the meeting. So they had already gotten what they needed before they... See, bathrooms, y'all, there's something about them bathrooms. When we take the time to allow the unction of... See, sometimes we move so quick, and we're thinking about ourselves so much... We have to know our surroundings. So my prayer is, Holy Spirit, make me aware of my surroundings because I don't want to miss nobody. If it's something I'm supposed to say or something I'm supposed to do, make me aware of my surroundings. Give you another one. And the reason why I'm doing this is is evidently God want to give you some more tonight. The leading of the Holy Spirit because I feel like some people saying, I'm not being used. I don't know um, what to say. It's not up to you on what to say. It's not up to you to be thinking about what you're going to say. It's up to you to be obedient as the spirit wills. When he prompt you, you you're going to feel that prompting. Sometimes people don't even know how that prompting is. I'll give you another example. I was going to get my nails done one day and I was debating whether or not to get them done. And as I was debating, 
I said, hmm, I might try this other person that I heard about. But then I said, they take appointments. And I, I don't want to walk up in there. So what I did, it was an unction. I said, I'll leave my pocketbook in the car because if they take appointments, ain't no use to me hauling all of this stuff in here and coming back. So as I went in there, guess what, y'all? Place empty. Nobody but the person sitting there. So I'm looking, I'm like, um, you take appointments? They said, no, I take walk-ins too. There's nobody up in here. Do you want me to do your nail? Soon as I sat down in the seat, looked at the lady, here we go. Thank you, Holy Ghost. So I'm ministering about the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We talking about Jesus so much, and then all of a sudden, boom, here come God, and he's going to just hit her. And she's like, oh, um, um, you're giving me chills. She had to stop doing my hands. I said, oh, Lord, she done stopped doing my hands, and I need to go ahead and get these nails done. So she had the thing and the thing going. She said, oh, she's giving me the chills. I said, oh, Jesus, I ain't wanting to mess up my fingernails either. So we just sitting there, we talking again. So, you know, flesh wanted to kick in and say, well, I can't say nothing else while she messing with that drill right now. And it seemed like the more I would talk, she would hold my hand and do it like this. I'm like, ooh, okay, okay. So got calm with everything. Then all of a sudden, here come another round. So the Holy Ghost began to speak again. The thing is, when a mom entered the room, and I'm giving y'all an example. When the mom entered the room, that was between me and her. The word of God come to her in such a way, she wanted to share it with somebody. And she began to share it with her mother. And her mother say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You know what she needed. (laughs) So I'm like, okay. The reason why I'm sharing all this to you, it ain't about me. I'm using this to let you know that God is always with you. And he knows what people need better than you know. So you got to trust him enough to be available wherever you are. I don't care if you're in the store. I don't care where you are. I've been in, in a store at times in Piggly Wiggly and the Lord had give me a word and I'm like, I am not messing with that woman up in here. Who do I look like pushing a buggy? Fin- I followed the lady all over the store. This was years ago. Finally, I said, okay, okay, enough. I stopped the lady and I said, when I open my mouth, you're going to have to speak. God moved. See, we have to be obedient to him. We can't look at how we feel or what we're going to say. The more time you spend on what you're going to say, then you're going to say nothing. It's going to be flesh speaking, and it's not going to be the spirit of God manifesting himself in the midst of you. But it takes the word of God. You have to have the word of God in you. So when you begin to open your mouth, guess what? The word is going to come out, and God is really going to move in the midst. So saying, saying all that to say this, with these diver um, tongues, these tongues is to benefit all. That means that these tongues that they spoke in on the day of Pentecost, it benefited what was in the room, what was amongst them. God sought them up, as Deacon Newton would say. He told them what to do, but guess what? He gave them a command. What if they didn't do like he told them to do? They heard the word and they went and done what God told them to do. And sometimes we hear God speak, but we don't do what God tell us to do. And we miss what God want to do in the midst of that room. So also, remember I told you that people that are filled with the baptism after Peter 
um, got through telling them about Jesus, then they were pricked in their heart. The word of God will prick you. And the Holy Spirit is right there to, to convict the ones that are not saved concerning Jesus. And as he began to convict and those hearts are pricked, the first thing they say, well, what should we do? And Peter come right back in telling them what they should do. So the first thing he let them know is, you know, they had to be baptized. That's that water baptism. But I don't want to go into that right now because some people say if you're not baptized, you ain't going to heaven. That's not true. Because the day that you accept Jesus, the Holy Spirit, he comes in and he's the baptizer. He baptized you into the body of Christ. So if you die and um, you, you're not going to go to hell because you didn't go up underwater. Anyway, they got baptized and then they got filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. They needed that power to go out and be effectual witnesses. But it did not say they spoke in tongues. Did not say when you go back and you look at Acts 8, I'm running y'all back through it again. Y'all getting a refresher course. So if I throw a test out next Tuesday, don't say it was too much. You're just getting it again, but it may be coming in a different way. So Acts chapter 8, we see that Philip, Philip began to preach the word. He began to proclaim the word. Philip was an evangelist. And as he began to do it, Look how much power the word had. Demons was cast out. People were healed. They were seeing signs and they were seeing wonders. And the thing was, what I love about Acts chapter 8 is you had a sorcerer in there. And this sorcerer had um, people believing that he was such a great God, some kind of God. But the Bible said when, when Philip came in and he began to preach, concerning Jesus Christ, people's minds were changed, their hearts was changed, and they began to come to Jesus. And as they began to come to Jesus, um, we see that they were baptized, water baptized, but later on the apostles came. And when the apostles came in, we see that they had the baptism of the Holy Ghost, but it never said that they spoke in tongues. But we know that they spoke in tongues. How do I know? The same sorcerer, that's that the Bible said when you read it, it said that he believed, right? It's like he got saved. See, that's why you got to watch these, um, uh, how can I say it? People that say they are, but they ain't. You got some people that say they're confessing salvation with their mouth, but their heart is far from it. This sorcerer here, how we know that he did not get saved is because when they came in and they, you know, gave them the baptism from uh, being filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, he wanted this power. He wanted to pay for it. So they knew his heart ain't right. His heart is wicked. And Peter began to tell him about his wickedness. So what am I saying? He had to hear something. He, he, he said they already start speaking in tongues. The power of God is here. But it didn't say they spoke in tongues. So don't always assume that a person that's not speaking in tongues in front of you don't have the baptism of the Holy Ghost. We go to Acts 10. I'm giving you a lot of scriptures, huh? But I want to verify it because you always want to back up the word. You want to back up what you're saying with the word of God. In Acts chapter 10, it says that um, Cornelius and his family, they did speak in tongues. So the manifestation was there. And the reason why they spoke in tongues is because God was manifesting himself in the midst 
of those Gentiles to let the Jews know that they have received what you received also. So it was being proven to the Jews through um, Peter and them that the Gentiles have the same Holy Ghost that they have. So that's Acts chapter 10, verse 44 through 46. And Acts chapter 2 and Acts chapter 8, they did not speak in tongues. So, but they did have the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Okay, that's divers kind of tongues. Everybody understand the divers kind of tongues. We want to make sure. Now we're talking about the interpretation of tongues. The interpretation of, the t- of tongues is the ability to translate an unknown or foreign language into the language of the hearer so, the, so that the body of Christ can be edified. When a tongue is being interpreted, and I'm giving you examples here, um, 1 Corinthians 14, 5, this is what it says about interpretation. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 5 says, I would that you all spake with tongues, but rather that you prophesy. For greater is he that prophesied than he that speak with tongues, except he interpret that the church may receive edifying. So Paul is saying here, it is better for a person to prophesy than to speak in tongues. Why? When you prophesy, you speak in, in a language in English that people understand. When you speak in tongues, if there's nobody there to interpret that tongue, it ain't benefiting nobody. So when you have a person that come into the house of God and we're in a service and all of a sudden they begin to speak in tongues, everybody is going to be like, okay, we don't understand what you're saying. But there should be somebody in the midst of the service that have the interpretation. If no one have the interpretation, it is my duty to say, sit down, be quiet. Why? It's not edifying. It's not uplifting anyone. So that's out of order. God is about order. He's not about confusion. And what some people do, they want people to know I can speak in tongues. So they begin to go crazy and begin to tell people I can't control it. That's a lie. That is a lie. You can turn it off anytime you choose to turn it off. It's just that people get so hyped like they addicted that they want people to know, oh, they, they want people to think the fire of God is on me and he won't turn me loose. That's not how God operates. You can control those tongues. If you want to go crazy like that, go crazy at home. Don't come up in here and go crazy. Because people will be mad when you say, sit down. Because it's not edifying anybody. It's not uplifting anybody. you just trying to be seen, heard, and be attached to. And we don't do that in the house of God. That's out of order. So you always have to have somebody to interpret that tongue. That's why they say it's a gift of interpretation. God will give somebody the interpretation. The God that we serve is not going to leave somebody ignorant. It's not going to leave somebody puzzled. It's not going to leave nobody confused. He does things in decency and in order. You have so many um, churches that people don't even know about the gifts and how they operate because they are ignorant. 
people will offer them the baptism of the Holy Ghost and they'll begin to tell them, now you got to use your tongues, now you got to use your tongues and all of them be in church using their tongues and people come in and think they're crazy because they don't know what's going on, not unless those tongues are being interpreted. So you always need somebody to interpret that tongue. That's what the gift of interpretation is. If I'm speaking in tongues and then all of a sudden I say, okay, there's someone in here that has this interpretation because the spirit is telling me, Miss Deborah got that interpretation. So I said, Miss Deborah, what is God saying? And then Miss Deborah began to interpret the tongue that I'm speaking in. And she began to build the body of Christ up and edify the body. Do y'all remember one Sunday when the Lord led me to Sister Shirley and God said, you got a word for the body of Christ. So as she began to speak that word, she did go into tongues, but she came back and she gave interpretation of what was being spoken. Because if she did not give interpretation, nobody in here would have been edified. Nobody would have known what was being said. That is out of order. So if you go into another church or you visit in another church because somebody has given you an invitation, and then all of a sudden in, in service, you got people running all over the place, speaking in tongues, and can't be quiet, nobody can't get them to sit down, and then you don't hear no interpretation, you know that it's out of order, and God's not in the midst of that. So you have to be so careful. That's why you're getting taught, so you know what the Word of God has to say unto you, so no matter where, wherever you are at, you're going to know there's supposed to be an interpretation of that tongue. In 1 Corinthians 14, 13, it says, Wherefore, let him that speak in an unknown tongue pray that he may interpret. If you speak in an unknown tongue, and let's say you at home, because um, when we speak into, into an unknown tongue, we're speaking unto God, and we're speaking hidden mysteries, and hidden mysteries is something that you don't know. So if you begin to speak in tongues and you're speaking unto God, you can say, Lord, could you, could, I, I need the, the interpretation of what I'm speaking. Now, if the spirit chooses to manifest and to give you that gift for you to interpret, you'll be able to interpret your own tongue. And the reason why that happens is if you're praying in an unknown language and you're speaking unto God, and you get in the unction like this is something that I need to pray in English, then God will give it to you in English so you can speak it out in the atmosphere so it will be made known to what's going on around you. Because sometimes we have uh, a warfare going on, not sometimes, all the time. Your atmosphere may change while you're at home and you're saying something just is not right up in here. I, I, this, this atmosphere in here is not right. I'm feeling like something is not right. So you began to speak in tongues and say, Father, I don't know what it is, but I'm believing with the help of the Holy Spirit that it will be revealed unto me that you will give me even the interpretation of my tongues to know what's going on around me. And he will do that because God know where your heart is and he know what's going on around you. And sometimes we can't be still long enough to hear what God will have for us to hear. So it helps when you speak in tongues when you don't know, even praying for people, when you don't know what that person needs, but you got an unction on the inside that is something going on with that person. You can begin to speak in your heavenly language concerning that person, and you can say, God, could you give me the interpretation of what I'm speaking in tongues for that person so I can speak it out loud over their lives? That happens too. 
So don't take um, speaking in tongues lightly. Some people say, I don't need to speak in tongues. Yes, you do, because when you speak in tongues, it brings a refreshing unto you. It builds you up. Speaking in tongues is to edify you. It is to build you up when you feel like you can't make it, when you feel like you're not hearing from God, when you feel like you've been speaking the scriptures for months and it just seemed like nothing is coming your way or it's not working out for you. The more you begin to speak in your heavenly language, it builds you up in your most holy faith. It gives you faith beyond natural faith. You will be saying, oh, yes, God. Yes, God, I can do this because you gave me the ability. You will begin to um, talk like God. You begin to walk like God. You begin to have the joy bubble up in you like never before. You begin to have a peace like you never had before. So tongues will refresh you. Yes, in Jude, the 20th chapter, um, Jude is where it builds you up in your most holy faith. And also tongues will keep you in the love of God. If you have a problem loving the way you should, just begin to speak in your heavenly language. Now, don't just do this on a Monday and don't show up speaking in heavenly language until three, four months later. Because sometimes it takes longer for you to get refreshed. Because whatever God gives you, you need to use it. You need to use those tongues. And that will help you in many, many ways. It will also give you a refreshing. In Isaiah 28, it talks about giving you a refreshing. But that's what interpretation of tongues is. Another scripture on that is 1 Corinthians 14, 27 through 28. If any man speak in an unknown tongue, let it be by two or at the most by three and that by course and let one interpret. So if we have someone in church that say that they have a message from the Lord and see, this is what we got to be careful with. People say, I have a message from the Lord and you waiting for the message. Then they begin to speak in an unknown language in that message and you'd be like, okay. So then you wait till they're finished, and then somebody else may say, you know, Lord, the Lord is prompting me too. Somebody got to interpret, interpret them promptings <laughs> because that's why it says that when you're speaking in an unknown tongue, let it be by two or the most by three, and that one may interpret. So to keep things in order, there need to be interpretation so the body of Christ will be edified. Edified mean that they are built up, they're encouraged. That's what those tongues supposed to do. It says in 28, but if there be no interpreter, let him keep silent in church and let him speak to himself and to God. If there's no interpreter, that person have to sit down. So that's how God does things in order. Now, everything I'm giving you is coming from the word. And that's what we're going to line up with is what the word is saying. We talked about speaking unto God in tongues. That's 1 Corinthians 14, verse 2. That's when you're speaking um, unto God in an unknown language. You speak in mysteries. That means it's between you and God. And if you, if you say, God, give me the interpretation of what I'm speaking so I can speak it in English, as the Spirit wills, he will give you that gift of interpretation. So we know it edifies yourself. That's 1 Corinthians 14, verse 4. And I believe I covered everything dealing with tongues except, I think I did, diver's tongues, interpretation of tongues. So, y'all, that's diver's tongues, interpretation of tongues. And remember, Paul said, 
that it is good to speak in tongues. Some people tell you that's of the devil. You don't need to be using them tongues. They ain't nothing but the devil. <laughs> you do need to use tongues if those tongues are from God. <laughs> so you will know whether or not those tongues are from God because the Holy Spirit will let you know. He's going to bear witness through the word of God, what's of God and what's not of God. And the more time you spend with God, you're going to know if somebody is really speaking in a heavenly language that's given in them from God. i give you an example of this. We had a man years ago, way long time ago. I don't know, Evangelist Newton, if you were in that service. He was off in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And he looked at the person and he said, just say, Jesus, 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 Jesus. Just keep saying, Jesus, 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 Jesus. Were you there that time? He said, just keep saying, Jesus, 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 Jesus. Of course you keep, you, you keep saying, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Your tongue going to get tied up. <laughs> and something else going to come out. But it don't mean you speaking in a heavenly language. So all the person learns. So when they go home, I guess they say, I'm getting ready to speak in tongues, honey. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Okay, let me tell you what happened from that incident. This is how you ignorant to stuff like that. I remember my husband said he wanted tongues. I said, honey, just keep saying Jesus, 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 Jesus. You remember? You thinking the person know what they're talking about. So I said, let me have my husband speak. Jesus, 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 Jesus. <laughs> the more time I spent, um, spent with God, I said, they ain't lining up with the word. That's not lining up with him because... It is the spirit that gives you the utterance. Jesus is the baptizer. So you don't have to try to get per a person to keep saying anything. But when you are offering this gift unto them, the baptism of the Holy Ghost, part of having that gift is tongues, diverse tongues, interpretation of tongues. But like I said, if a person don't manifest that, then don't think that they don't have the baptism of the Holy Ghost. When they get home in their own private time, that's when you go before the Lord and you begin to say, Lord, I thank you for the spirit of utterance. I thank you that you have given me um, tongues and I, I did receive it. And as you begin to open your mouth in obedience and work your tongue, you will hear that language come forth. And it's not something that you made up. Now, if you've been saved for a long time, you're going to get past buh, 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 buh. Anybody can buh, 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 buh. A baby can buh, 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 buh. Right? You're going to get past them buh, 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 buhs. That's, <laughs> it's a language. It's past mama, 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 Why see you, I see you, I see you. Ain't none of that. That's foolishness. It's coming from the pit of your belly. And when it come out of your mouth, it's like a roar. And you know it ain't you. You know it's the spirit of God that's living on the inside of you. This is why we have to see some people are taught when the Holy Spirit come upon you to do a work of the Lord, you can't control it. Let him have his way. So that's why some people keep speaking in tongues and keep speaking in tongues and it's out of order. If God is really having his way, he's going to tell you what he's saying. We had an incident in here 
we had a gentleman. We was doing a play. And doing the play that we were doing, all of a sudden, he said, the fire of God come upon him. And he started speaking in tongues, and he just couldn't stop. It was just had him. It had him. And I sat there and let the Holy Ghost have him like he said he had him. And I waited until he finished. Because people do a lot of stuff when they say, that. <laughs> I'm going to tell you, it's the truth. Men act like they're about to pee on the cell. I'm just telling you. Because they're trying to say, they're they, they trying to stop the Holy Ghost. I don't want to stop the Holy Ghost. If he's delivering me, here I am. And he's going to be so gentle, ain't going to be no all that. So, after the gentleman finished, I said, do you have interpretation? He said, no. I said, you sit down. I said, anybody have interpretation? They said, no. What am I telling you? If we don't go according to the word, gentlemen, very humble. He was learning that night, and he learned something new. He humbled himself. Some people will fuss you out. You embarrass me. You didn't have to say all that to me. But the Bible tells you what to do. Now, if I had to stay there and allowed that to happen, somebody in the room would have thought, that's how I'm supposed to act. And people get mad when you bring correction because they'd be humiliated. But this gentleman was not humiliated. He said, I was in here to learn. I wanted to know, and you let me know. And he accepted correction. So don't go in places when you see people cutting the food like that. God is a gentleman. He ain't going to have nobody confused. Another thing, if you see people come up here, we had a lady that preached years ago, and that woman didn't do nothing speaking tongues. Y'all remember? Everything that come out of her mouth, she spoke in tongues. But afterwards, she was bringing the word, bringing the word forth. Then in deliverance, too, sometimes if I have a person up here, I'll speak in tongues to hear. What, if, if something is happening and I'm knowing, wait a minute, there's some resistance, there's something that's not right, I may begin to speak in tongues to hear what God is saying to me for that person in deliverance. That will happen. Or you may have warring tongues at home where you're warring in the spirit. And, and you know there's a war going on because you can feel the battle. And your tongues are getting just, you know, people when they're in battle or they're in war and they're going through something, they get loud. They get loud. It's like a force that's behind them. And they just keep warring and they get loud. But we need to keep that loudness at home. Because when you're in the house of God, it ain't benefiting nobody. People be waiting to hear what God is saying. If you're getting that loud, we like, oh, Lord, are we among demons? Is it a demon up in here? People leaving out the church because people are so loud. They don't know what's going to happen next. So they're going to leave out and say, no, people over there are crazy. We don't do that. Or if somebody come in the church and we're all speaking in tongues. Now, sometimes a church, if they got members like y'all and we know each other, and I'll begin to say, I want everybody just begin to speak in tongues. And as you begin to speak in tongues, God might be doing a demonstration to let you know how different was it. What, what did you feel while you speaking in tongues? So somebody might walk through the door while everybody's speaking in tongues and if I don't explain what's going on, they will say we're crazy. 
So we always supposed to let people know that's unlearned. And, and tongues are for unbelievers. That's what the Bible says. It's in the word. It's for unbelievers. Prophecy is for what? Believers. So this is why we're supposed to know. So make sure that when you're speaking in tongues, you're doing it in decency and you're doing it in order. If we come up here and pray and everybody's coming up here praying and you're praying low in your unknown language, that's fine. Because you're not trying to draw attention to yourself. You're speaking directly to God. If you're in praise and worship and you're singing in tongues and it's low, that's between you and God. But if you start bursting out, singing in a language and it ain't benefiting nobody, then that has to stop. So know the difference. So I pray that um, diverse tongues and interpretation of tongues, everybody's aware of what it is. Amen? Is everybody aware? Okay. The next one is prophecy. And I don't want to start something I have to cut off because y'all know I'm long-winded. And I ain't going to keep you. So I'm going to stop right there. You're welcome, Julia. I'm going to stop right there because sometimes when we're teaching, we don't realize how much we're giving out and how much we're pouring in. And we just want to keep on. I'm like, Paul, if you fall over, I'm just going to go revive you and say, get up. I got some more for you. (laughs) But I'm going to stop right there. And I pray that go home, meditate on the scriptures, hear what the spirit has to say, because I'm telling y'all, God want to use you. It's a lot of people that need what you have. And God know that we're in the midst of a sinful world. And in order for them to know that God is amongst them, and in order for God to reveal himself unto this dying world, you have to have the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You have to have the power. You just don't stop at just being born again because God is not going to send you out with just being born again. It's proven with Jesus. Jesus' ministry didn't even begin until he had the baptism. So what make you think that without the baptism, you're going to be used? No, you're not. Not in the way that you need to be used. So the teaching that you getting, go ahead and meditate on it. Get it in you. And when you're amongst people, around people, and you get an unction, you may get an unction just to say, hey, how are you doing today? Then all of a sudden, the Spirit of the Lord begins speaking through you. Y'all, there's no competition. Some people try to uh, uh, have a competition. They'll try to, well, if she doing it, I'm going to go out and do it myself. And then I'm going to have me a little testimony. Don't be coming out like um, uh, the seven sons of Sceva. You better know that you know that you know because you can't get in everybody's face not unless you're ready to really deliver them because you don't know. These days, people will hurt you. You better know that you're being prompted by the Holy Spirit and not just trying to compete with someone to say what you've done. It ain't about you. It's a, all about him and getting the word out to a dying world. And you need the power of God to do it, and you cannot do it without it. Amen? Um, Sunday, I give God glory for Sunday dealing with the teaching we had on hear me, see me, be attached to me. We talked about rejection. Y'all, I'm going to tell you something. Get, grab hold to that because it's a lot of people out there that you're dealing with, that you're talking with, that's so deeply rejected that they're full of anger, they're stubborn, they're rebellious, they um going through a lot of stuff 
that they don't even understand that they're going through. Do not take these teachings lightly because somebody, everybody is dealing with rejection. And if we can help them through what we're learning, that's why you're learning to help somebody else. Once I give it to you, you're supposed to give it to somebody else. Do, this is the problem. I'm like this. When I deliver you this message, I deliver you this message. Once you go back into the word of God, you get this message in you. It has become a part of you. Now it is your message that I don't own no message because whatever God give me come from God. Some people try to ignore what certain people are giving them and try to get something from somewhere else. So people won't think they got it from me. I'm just going to lay it out. That's pride. That's still rejection in action. Some people try to go in there and find something else or find another way to do it so people will know it come from them and didn't come from Miracle Temple. Y'all, let's just cut all that foolishness. It ain't about that. It's about him. It's about him. Whatever God is giving you, it come from him, not from me. I'm delivering the message to you for you to go back over the same scriptures I went over and go help somebody else instead of trying to find something outside of what you got in here and using it because guess what? That's a form of pride. Whatever God give you, God wants you to use it for somebody else. If they say, how did you get that? That's when you're going to point them back to the place you got it from. Guess what? Because he anointed me to do that. And you're just bringing them up in here to get what you're getting. It's too many people trying to direct people other places instead of directing people where you're at. Y'all, God is doing some stuff. And he got more stuff to do. Amen? I'm going to close, but I'm going to ask this. Was there anybody outside of Sunday, we had people doing testimony, dealing with rejection. Was there anybody that had something to say on rejection that could help somebody in this room? Don't feel like you can't, because every little bit helps that can reach somebody. Could have been something that you heard that you're dealing with, that you can tell somebody else that'll help them so they don't have to deal with it. Is there anyone?